Hello, hello, and welcome to another episode of the Chiropractic Her Story podcast. My name is Nicole Cowley, and I am your host from Women Chiropractors Nonprofit. I am excited to chat with today um, a chiropractor that has been a friend of mine for a few years now. And I am so honored always to come in and do these podcasts because I learned so much more. And I love just diving into the professional journey. And Dr. Gloria Stone is going to be sharing with us today her chiropractic journey and um, very vulnerable story with us. And I love um, how open she is in going through, you know, what she did next and what she did next. And I especially want to encourage you um, as we talk about some of what she's doing today to please connect with her and reach out if you would like to be a part of that, to help out, to donate, what have you. Always um, click over into the show notes. Our mission here at Women Chiropractors is to connect compassionate, confident, charitable, and courageous chiropractors. So we hope these podcasts connect you with, uh, together more. Let's jump into it. Good morning, Dr. Gloria Stone. Welcome to the podcast show. Oh, thank you for having me. I am so excited to chat with you. I can't believe we haven't done this yet. Like, well, you and I have chatted, but you know, chat with you on a strictly just kind of professional level and learn more about your story. I'm so interested in this. I'm excited. Dr. Gloria, we like to start um, really at the beginning of your journey, of your chiropractic journey, if you will, um, share with us that moment. And it's never a moment. It's usually a period of time. But when you really decided, you know, I want to go to chiropractic school. I think this is something I want to do. Oh, my gosh. Okay. So the moment that I decided to go to chiropractic school, I was actually working as a microbiology uh, technician for a pharmaceutical company. And so my job was to actually go in the rooms and test the air, the water, um, the surfaces, and um, to diagnose the uh, bacteria um, because it had to be at a certain count in order for them to use those rooms to make the pharmaceutical um, drugs. Very interesting. See, I did not know that. (laughs) Yeah, so I did that for a year. And um, after a year, I really was only making um, maybe like $14 an hour. And um, my daughter was um, less than one. And so I just started feeling like, you know what, I have to do something more. Like I need more than $14 an hour. Um, I don't, I don't know if I really like being in a lab all day, you know, it's like no windows, you know, you have to be looking under a microscope all day. And um, so I remembered my undergrad professor who was actually a medical doctor and he kept mentioning Life University, doctor of chiropractic program. And at the time I actually didn't know anything about chiropractic. And so um, I was like, okay, I'll check it out. So he put me in contact with a recruiter. And then the recruiter mentioned to me that I should check out um, the Life Leadership Weekend. And so um, I went to that and I was like, you know what? This, this just feels like this is the place for me. This is where I'm supposed to be. 
And um, I prayed really hard about it. Um, I shadowed a lot of different um, professionals, like orthopedic surgeons, uh, chiropractors, physical therapists. And I said, you know what? I'm going to go to chiropractic school. And so I quit my job and moved to Atlanta. And I I was going to ask you, at the time, were you close to Life University or was that a big... I was in Alabama. I was in uh, Birmingham, Alabama at the time. Did you road trip it up there with your daughter? I'm sure that alone was, (laughs) you know, a commitment. I think that particular, uh, I think in the beginning, I had my daughter um, stay with my mom just until I got my apartment ready and got settled in and all that stuff because I didn't want to bring her in without having everything ready for her if Mm -hmm. that makes sense because you know you have to find a daycare you have to find you know all this stuff that um that goes along with that and um you know what's interesting is that two weeks after I quit my job everybody got laid off from the lab that I was working at so God was guiding you yeah, it really was. That's awesome. Yes. No, it's awesome that everybody got laid off. It's awesome that <laughs> you know you made that move. Obviously, yeah, yeah. So it was a bless, definitely a um, blessing in disguise. So I always joke around that I said I didn't choose chiropractic. Chiropractic uh, kind of chose me. So. so always say I'm not going to throw questions at you, but I'm going to throw a pretty blunt question <laughs> at you. <laughs> but this is what's really hard. So you know you're in this job. Um, you have a little girl, $14 an hour. How do you financially make that move to go into school, still raise your daughter and take on such a load and manage that? Um, just share a little more with us there for, I'm sure there's people listening to this podcast that are like, I would love to go <laughs> to school, but I don't know how I would do it. Like I literally don't know. Oh my God. Um, so Before I made the transition, of course, you know, I had to save as much money as I could to get an apartment and all that stuff. And um, I just, I just made it work. Like, sometimes when I look back over it, it's like, oh my God, how did I do that? Because, um, you know, kids were not allowed in the library. So I couldn't study in the library. I had to actually teach myself how to study and be efficient at home with a toddler. And you know how challenging, you know, as a mom, you know how Mm -hmm. challenging that can be. So um, I had, I surrounded myself with a group of supportive friends and um, they would kind of help me out and, um, you know, just kind of give me a mommy break every now and then. Um, but I had to sometimes bring her to class, like if she was out for a holiday, if she was sick, if um, I, I even remember bringing her to a board review and I had her little play mat and her little iPad set up, her snacks, like I just had the whole thing set up. And um, it's just, it was an amazing journey. And I, but the beautiful thing about it is that I feel like I would not have made that journey if it wasn't for my daughter. Like right. she was the driving force for me. I feel that because I made a shift when I had my son in careers and he's been a driving force. Some people are like, how do you do it? And I'm like, how do you not do it? You know, exactly. it's like, I have to provide, I have to, you know, be better for myself and for her. 
And so that was my driving force. Um, so share with us during school um, at Life University, what was kind of the goal after? Were you looking at opening your own office? Uh, you know, like, did you have plans there or just knew at that point you wanted to be a chiropractor? You'd figure it out at that point. I didn't ask that right at all. But anyways, you get the point. <laughs> Uh, actually, um, I was very much so interested in sports, being a sports uh, medicine chiropractor. And um, what inspired that was I used to play basketball. So I used to be an athlete. I used to um, play softball, basketball, run track, all that. And um, I tore my ACL um, during a basketball game. And, um, and never saw a chiropractor. I'm shocked. Yes, I never saw a chiropractor because, like I said, in my world, nobody around me, it wasn't a thing. Like, people weren't just flocking to the chiropractor. In the city that I grew up in, it was like one, literally one chiropractor. And nobody ever talked about him. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so it, it just was not a big thing. But yeah, and I ended up um, doing PT. So I originally thought I wanted to be a physical therapist because that was the person that helped me get through that injury. You know, and um, after shadowing a physical therapist, I was like, um, no, I don't want to do this. <laughs> so I did the same thing in high school. It was kind of just same kind of thing. And I did. I shadowed a PT, my aunt's a chiropractor. She set it up at our local hospital. So it wasn't. I kind of wanted to go the athletic trainer route, but um, I don't remember. I don't even know now if that same as you know a PT degree, but I shadowed one. I was like, this is not at all. Like it was right. the same. Was, no, no. no. <laughs> they were dealing with like a gangrene patient and some other scenarios. <laughs> like this is not at all what I thought it was going to be. Yeah, but my goal, I wanted to, you know, have a sports clinic. I wanted to have multiple practices. That was my goal. And, um, but the more, you know, I, you know, took a lot of different electives, the more I started liking, you know, working with kids and, you know, just doing other things. And so that's kind of how I kind of got away from the, the sports chiropractic thing. But I've also helped a lot of athletes as well uh, when I had my own practice in um, Delaware too. So did you then move to Delaware um, upon graduation? Tell me a little along that journey of post-graduation and opening your own office. Oh my gosh. So my, uh, my last year in chiropractic school, I um, started my peak at an office in Dallas, Dallas, Texas. And um, the, the goal with that peak position was that it would turn into an associate position once I graduated. I was doing a double peak, which means that you're pretty much doing like double the hours um, in a three month period. Wow. Yeah. And so, but that was a goal, but that failed and um, it was, it was really bad. Um, I had a really bad experience with that. And um, two weeks before I um, graduated, I got into a really, really bad accident. And um, I had literally just dropped my daughter off at school. And as I was pulling out, um, this guy tried to pull out in front of me to make a left turn. Mm -hmm. And I could not stop. 
and it totaled out my truck and then he pushed his car away left the scene it was like a big mess oh my and, yeah <laughs> I know I had to go to the hospital and then because I didn't have proper insurance you know because I'm still a student and um I they let me go and um, I had to walk from the hospital and so when I came home for graduation I had no car had no place to stay it was just like it was crazy. It really knocked me on my butt for a while. And so um, it wasn't until I graduated in December. So about March or April, I made the decision to come back to Georgia. And um, I started working as an independent contractor and as a coverage doctor. And um, so I did that for a little while. And then the first practice I tried to open up, it failed before I even got up and running. Um, my overhead was way too high. Um, the practice itself was way too big. I should have definitely started smaller. And um, so after that, I was like, you know what, let me start looking for um, associate positions. I actually want to stay in the Southeast, but no associate positions were really opening up. And if they did, it was like, they wanted to start you off with like, $38,000, or $48,000. And I'm like, I cannot survive as a single mom off of this. And there was I'm no sure still paying student loans, exactly. single mom, the move, my goodness. Yeah. And so my friend, um, one of my best friends from high school, he actually, him and his wife live in Delaware. And I was like, you know what? I'm just going to expand my search a little bit. And I would like to be somewhere where I at least know someone. And um, so I looked up um, associate positions in Delaware and I found a job. I flew out, interviewed, and they said, you know, we want to offer you the job. And so that's how I ended up in Delaware. So I love this because especially when you told me we roomed together at an event a couple of years ago yes. <laughs> and you said I live in Delaware. I'm like, I've never known anyone from Delaware before. <laughs> So what a shot in the dark like that ended up being. Um, what was, what's Delaware like as a state? Just, I've never even really, I've been to Jersey for an event and we went up to uh, Times Square for like an hour, but that's my, that's all I know of the East Coast. Well, you know what? Um, Delaware is actually not far from Jersey. I liked being in Delaware because you had so many airports to choose from. Like you could fly out of Baltimore, you can fly out of Jersey, Philly, New York, you know, and everything was within a two hour range. The so whole state I, is within a two hour range. No, but to get to the airports, like I was two hours from New York, two hours from uh, DC, an hour 30 from Baltimore, you know, so I was like, I was in the center of everything. I was 30 yeah. minutes from Philly. And um, so I really liked that. I met some beautiful people there um, that kind of adopted me. So if you ever see me say I'm an adopted, um, I'm an honorary Puerto Rican, that's what I'm talking about. <laughs> Because all of my friends are Puerto Rican in Delaware. <laughs> so Very interesting. Yeah. So you've lived really all over, you yeah. know, from the South to big cities where, you know, life is to all the way to the East Coast. Um, so interesting. It's, you, you gather so much when you do that. Because as you were mentioning, like for your hometown, 
my hometown was complete opposite. We had a few chiropractors in our very, very small town. And I just thought that's what everybody did until I went to college and realized nobody else knew what I was talking about. (laughs) (laughs) And so it's so you're able to gather such a unique perspective, you know, having lived in all those different areas, I'm sure. Yes, yes, yes. And you just did some big traveling too. Yes. Last um, August, uh, my husband, he's Turkish. And so we um, flew over to Turkey. And I think we were there for two months, if I'm not mistaken. I can't remember if it was one month or two months. Because it was just, it went by so fast to me. (laughs) It looked amazing. It looked like an adventure. Yeah, it was definitely beautiful. And And that was kind of a transition moment for you. So tell me, Delaware, when you were there, you got the associateship and then you also were able to open your own office there, right? Yes. Um, Delaware was a journey in and of itself. Um, (laughs) uh, My first job in Delaware, um, I want to say around that summer. So I started like March and um April, I went to, I went on a mission trip to Haiti that April of that year. And then um, that summer, they made the announcement that, hey, you know, we're going to have to move our office. It was something going on with the landlord, you know, so they were having issues with that. And so we, we moved to a new location, but the new location was a few miles away from the original location. And, you know, sometimes when you make a change like that, a lot of the patients don't necessarily want to drive when they could have walked before, if that makes sense. Okay. So our numbers were kind of down. And so that October, they actually let me go. And um, so I was devastated because, you know, I moved myself, my daughter here, and then you let me go. And it's like, I have no family and I only have like one friend here. Um, and so that was, that was very uh, devastating for me. And so that's when I first started my practice and I started it initially as just a weekend practice. And, um, and that was when I first got the idea to start a nonprofit. And, um, so I did that. And then as I was doing that, I interviewed for another position, um, and in that position, I was working with a DO. And so I was working with that DO. Uh, he only worked two, three, two or three times a week. And I was there pretty much every day because um, he would see them. He only saw auto accidents. And um, he would just see them do their exams. But everything was being billed for the most part under me. And uh, so that was an interesting experience <clears throat> and um, a lot of shady stuff was going on. And so, um, so I left that position. I, I was there for about a year. So I left that um, and I went to another position all while still having my practice on the weekends. Wow. And um, so I went to another position and um, so I was there a little over a year and um <clears throat> the office manager said to me that my boss may be interested in potentially selling the practice and he had multiple practices. And so 
at that time, I'm like, well, you know, I'm the only doctor here. So all the patients, you know, they know me, you know, so I think it would be, you know, a good idea to just talk to him about potentially purchasing if he was interested in selling. But little did I know that once I brought up that conversation, it became like, well, it's okay, you know, as long as you're working for me, but I see that you have ambition. So now it's a problem, you know? And so he just started making things very difficult for me. Like I was there for a year and it was mandatory that I take my vacation within that year. And so, but when I put in my request, he denied it, you know? So it was just like little, you know, passive aggressive uh, things like that. And then, um, he would just try to talk to me in any kind of way. And so I put in my two weeks notice. I was like, you know what? I'm done. I'm tired of this. Uh, put in my two weeks notice. And then the, uh, the Wednesday before my last day, I started telling people, you know, patients that, you know, it was going to be my last day. And um, so that they wouldn't look for me. Um, you know, you know, when you come in and you, you've had a doctor for a year, you expect to see that doctor when you come into the practice. Uh, you <laughs> I, follow, know, I would follow a doctor most likely. So. Right. But, you know, but you know what I mean? You come in and you, you're like, who is this person? So I just started telling them, you know, I just want to let you know, you know, Friday's going to be my last day. Um, and so, you know, they were okay. And, and that was that. But he did not like that. And so he had, he would have his massage therapist come down just to kind of follow me around, spy on me, see what I was doing or whatever, or see if I was trying to poach his patients. And that Wednesday, the massage therapist told him that I was telling patients I was leaving. Do you know, instead of him firing me, after I put in my two weeks notice, he had the massage therapist to come in and tell me to leave. Interesting. That is so... So did so, he end up selling the practice? He did not. And but the oh. thing was, like, why would you have another employee tell me to leave the premises when like it was, it was almost like he didn't have the balls to tell me him, himself. Right. So um I waited for him and I said, you know, if you want me to leave, you're gonna have to tell me yourself face to face. Good for you. Yeah, but it was crazy. It was crazy. He blamed me for everything. His nephew was a chiropractor who had just recently graduated from life. And his nephew actually got into an argument with a patient. And he blamed me. My boss blamed me. Those are unfortunate circumstances for sure. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, what do I have to do with it? You know, and he was like, Oh, you didn't step in. Like, what? Like that's crazy. Right. So yeah, it was just oh, it was crazy, man. And but that's when I branched out and I started my own practice and it was beautiful and um I really loved it. Um, but I was a one woman show, so it was a lot of stress on me. Um, and then once my grandfather passed, um actually right before we left for Turkey, he passed, um, on the 4th of July. And so after that, I was like, you know what? I think I need to be closer to my family, you know? And, um, because I felt like I was just missing out on a lot of things, you know, just having to fly back and go to the funeral. And I felt like my daughter needed to be around my parents because life is short, you know? Mm-hmm. And that's when I made the decision to, um, actually move back 
to Alabama um, to be closer to my family, which I'm glad I did because then COVID hit. And it was just like, I just don't think my practice would have survived in Delaware after that. I was just saying, and then COVID. Yeah, like, that's what I'm thinking in my head as you're talking. <laughs> like, my goodness. <laughs> and so um, you mentioned briefly in there that you had this idea for a nonprofit come up. Yes. I have, go sorry. ahead. Um, yeah, so um, I actually started the nonprofit in uh, 2016 when, um, when I first moved to Delaware and everything happened that October. And it's actually a 501c3. Um, and I have been waiting and waiting and waiting to really just launch it, but I've been keeping everything active and up to date. Um, because I reached out to a lot of big names in chiropractic and asking them for advice and asking them, you know, how to really get, get it going. And they didn't really want to help me. It was almost like, you know, some of them wanted me to, you know, they would kind of shut down my idea and just be like, Oh, well, why don't you just start a chapter? of my organization. Right. I was like, but I already have a 501c3. I don't want, I don't want to be a part of yours. I want to, you know, branch out and really make mine successful. So that was, a, it's been a challenge, but I am revving back up this year. It's actually called Cairo Health Missions. And um, the goal was to um, pretty much offer chiropractic care to low income uh, patients uh, locally as well as internationally. And so um, in August, I'm actually working on the website and stuff now, but in August, uh, I plan to fully relaunch it. Very, very yeah. cool. Um, what's kind of, so you kind of mentioned the goal is for locally and then beyond. Yes. How are you putting that together? Like how is your funding for that and are you going to be i'm guessing starting out the sole provider within that well um there it's are, a big mission it I, is you and i've talked a little mission. bit about it before <laughs> it's a huge mission um but it's definitely attainable um by me being in alabama being in the south being so close to so many rural areas there are so many grants and stuff out here um, so my plan is to um, really focus on um, obtaining a lot of those grants to really get it going. And I'm talking about like not small grants. I'm talking about millions of dollars of grants are available for like healthcare in rural areas. Yes, there is. And so many go unclaimed yep, because people just don't. And sometimes the application processes are very simple. Yeah. Yep. So that's what, um, so I'm going to be going uh, full force and I'm also going to be working with a, um, a company to help, you know, with the strategies and the implementation of that as well. Very cool. Now you and I were talking before we started recording the podcast and I was like, wait, don't tell me anymore. Like <laughs> tell everyone. So I, I made her stop sharing with me. Um, but it's your journey now. So you're back home, yes. uh, close to home in Alabama, the nonprofit 
um, obviously refiring underneath you. What are some of the other things you're kind of working on? What are your goals now? Um, so I have one huge goal, but I don't want to jinx it. So I won't say that one. <laughs> Uh, but I've been working on that. Put it out there. You put, it, put your <laughs> dreams into the universe to come yes. back to you. <laughs> uh, but um, so I'm actually I'm working on a book, and I want to talk about my experiences um, working for other people as a black woman, as a black doctor, and pretty much a male-dominated profession. And um, so I am definitely working on that. And I'm also including, you know, stories of other people who have had challenges as well. And um, so if you're out there and you have experienced a challenge, you know, as an African-American person or a person of color or however you like to be, you know, addressed, please reach out to me. I would love to include your story into that as well. Um, and then I have the nonprofit. And then um, outside of that, I am um, going to be cranking up, like reaching out as a coverage doctor. Um, because one thing I learned in Delaware is that all this time when I've branched out to open a practice or, you know, to kind of, you know, do my own thing, it was almost out of necessity because I had to. Right. You know what I mean? Not necessarily because it was like, okay, this is what I really, really want to do. And so, and the more I come to terms with that, the more I accept it and the more I recognize that, you know what, I just want to be free of the overhead. I don't want to be responsible right now for um, other people until, you know, my nonprofit gets to a certain level. But even then you can put people in place to deal with the staff changes and all that stuff. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So, um, but yeah, I just want, I want freedom. And it took me a while to, to get to that point. To but learn yeah. that and own it. And wow. that's okay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Because everybody's journey is different. And, um, and you just have to figure out what it is that you want. It's not about, uh, for, you know, looking online, it's a lot of pressure to do what other people are doing. But it's okay to say, that's not what I want. And I think a lot of people are afraid of what other people may have to say about it. And it doesn't matter. It, doesn't <laughs> it just matter. doesn't matter. That's what I scroll Facebook all day long because it's part of my job, you know, and what yeah. I do and how many clients I work for. And I think the more I scroll and the more I read in the compound of what I like see, starts to disconnect me from it a little bit where you can get really like upset about it and worry about what others are going to say, do and think, or focus on, you know, what everybody puts on social media is like not the truth. We know that, it's right? Side, right. It's like smoke and mirrors. It's like they, exactly. put, they put what they want you to see to create an image in your mind about them, but they don't show you all of the BS that goes into that. You like, know what I mean? Like, Oh yeah. And so working in it and seeing it at such a high level, I think finally I'm can see something and just realize that's not real, you know? 
<laughs> that's not how it really is. Like, so, but I know exactly what you mean. I'm really excited um, about all of those things. Uh, we're definitely going to, they'll be in the show notes of this podcast. Um, we'll put some links to the Cairo Health Missions and how you can connect with Dr. Gloria, especially if you want to share your stories. So excited that you're writing a book that's been on my goal list for five years. And I have four chapters to four different, like they're totally different books. <laughs> they cannot go together. I tried. They're completely different, you know, ideas. And so I'm like, that's not getting me anywhere. Um, so it's a big project. And I, I hope to follow that journey and share back with us, you know, um, as you go along with that, you know, I will help you decide your covers and your colors and all that fun stuff as you put it together. The best advice my daughter actually gave to me, and she was like, because I was like, oh, what if I have to, you know, get out my chapters, and then I have to, you know, write one, and she was like, don't worry about the chapters. She was like, just let it flow. She literally told me that, and I was like, you know what? You have a point. I can always separate it later or put, you know, edit it or whatever. So when I, when I write, I just go with an idea in mind, and I just, I just go to work. That's got to be a fun time. Just, yeah. especially during this time, what are you doing? Staying at home, like just kind of di diving your mind, like letting it go into that full picture would be really fun. Yeah. That'd be a rabbit hole for me for sure. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love it. Dr. Gloria. Um, what can, would you like to share just you have such experience, I think, um, for a lot of new chiropractors and chiropractic students that could be listening to this of what to do and what not to do, but like over your journey and what you shared, the overarching theme, you know, that comes out to me or sticks out to me is that it's all going to work out, you know, as one door closes, another door opens and it may be a long term or it may be something until the next door opens. Right. Um, all the answers aren't always going to be given to us, but we have to have faith that that next door is going to open. It's going to make sense. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I want to share anything you want to leave us with for um, any of our listeners, just kind of words of wisdom or the best piece of advice you've ever heard. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think the most important thing that I've learned on this journey is just to, um, you know, realize and understand that everything happens in its time. Um, a lot of times we want things to happen exactly when we want it to happen, exactly how we want it to happen. And that's not always the case. And it's okay. And I think it's important to just learn to grow and love the journey that's been put in front of you and um, just accept it for what it is, but always be prepared um, because you never know what opportunities will be put before you. So if you are in a place where you are prepared for the next level or the next step in your life, um, you want to make sure that you have yourself together and that you are ready because sometimes God gives us exactly what we ask for. But if you're not ready to receive and accept that, then it can easily be taken away from you. And so, um, Beautifully and, said. Yeah. And also um, get everything in writing. Um, don't just trust your employer's word. <laughs> Have someone review those contracts. And when I say everything, I mean put everything in writing. 
<laughs> That's smart. That's smart yeah. piece of advice. I need to take that piece of advice to be honest yeah. with you. <laughs> Dr. Gloria, it's always a pleasure talking with you. I love that you came on and shared your journey and we're so vulnerable. We're definitely going to look forward to following you. And as I mentioned, look in the show notes so you can connect out with Dr. Gloria, but share back with us. We're going to be sharing your book in the group, more about your nonprofit as that comes out in the group. And then, like I said before, I wanted to reach out afterwards. I said, stop talking. We'll talk more after, but we definitely want to connect and see, you know, how we can help at WDC. We're a new nonprofit ourselves, you know, and still figuring out all of the workings of exactly how we are able to give back in the best ways. But this is, you know, aligns directly with what we are trying to do. It's for WDC and it's for chiropractic as a whole, right? Yes. Awesome. Dr. Gloria, you have a great rest of your day and I look forward to connecting with you again. Oh, thank you. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Chiropractic Her Story brought to you by womenchiropractors.org. We want to close this out on um, this special day and just give a huge thanks to all of our members, our platinum members, our pro members, all of our sponsors, our corporate, our corporate partners um, within our Women Chiropractic free group, everyone who's participating and sharing um, within that. We're very honored to be on this mission and on this journey and walking hand in hand to ensure that more women chiropractors are successful. We hope you engage with us and reach out to us. And if you would like to be interviewed or you know someone that we should be interviewing for this podcast, please do email us. WDC at womenchiropractors.org.